Hello, and welcome to the Hi-Fi Balchemist podcast. My name is Tony, and I'll be your host. And in today's episode, I'm sharing an interview, or rather an informal chat that I had with a friend of mine, Shay Arienka, a medical student in training at NYU's School of Medicine program. She is on track to become a psychiatrist, and that's through various evolutions of choosing a specialty. And I really wanted to start to have these interviews and discussions with folks to kind of understand how they use their intuition to guide them in the choices and decisions that they decide to make for themselves in their life journeys. So exploring this topic of how you use your intuition to figure out what you want to do next. Are you listening to what your inner calling or that nudge that's happening within you internally that really is your inner voice trying to reach to the surface and really explore with you and alongside you the things that make you tick and allow you to live out your life's purpose. And what I find to be most interesting about these conversations is that I'm not talking to people who necessarily shed everything in the material world and run off to an ashram somewhere in the East, which that's cool, but we're talking about how you can integrate using and strengthening your intuition in the daily life choices in your present journey. So for instance, if you're doing something, uh, whether it's school or whether it's a job change or a career that you're currently in, but you're looking to expand upon, how do you use your intuition by strengthening that connection to really guide you in making the path choices that are best for you? So everyone's journey is going to look different. And these conversations are really about exploring those themes and ideas. So Shane and I connected because we both had a really strong connection to the tarot. We had a really deep interest in it. And we were exploring the connections of our intuition and tarot very much at the same time. We had a lot of good conversations about learning the different cards, the themes, exploring alternative artwork for the themes and iconography. But ultimately, we also talked about how integrating tarot into our daily lives um, really helped to strengthen our connections to our intuition and then ultimately move on from it in different ways, but using the tarot as a touchstone and uh, a connection for both the intuition that we want to continue to foster, but also in sharing with others how they can use this tool to help them as a modality in building and strengthening their connection with their own intuition. So without further ado, I'm going to have the conversation start. So I hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. Hi, Shay. How are you? Hi, um, I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me. I'm so glad to have you as one of my first interview guests. And so we're going to chat a little bit today about our experience, our shared experience with intuition, uh, primarily through tarot and how we've evolved from tarot uh, into other practices. Uh, But I wanted to start out today and just get your first take on what you would say you define intuition to be and what does it mean to you? Like, why is it important to you? So for me, I consider it a sense of inner knowing or... um a sense of connection to what is true to my own experience and background, but also um, clearly separate from any sort of like limiting beliefs or generational programming that I've had. And so I think it's a very clear voice, but it takes a lot of work to make sure that voice is clear. Yeah. Um, And 
I've had a lot, my journey is really focused on separating fear, separating or noticing the difference between the fear voice and intuition voice, um, because I've noticed that in my family over time, fear has really been the guiding force and how we make our decisions and learning how to move away from that but and actually follow what I think is true to me has been an, a very um, a process I'm still working on now to be completely honest. Yeah no I totally agree I think I would share that similar viewpoint in the sense that I found my upbringing to be the same and we probably wouldn't have labeled it as fear like from our parents perspective or relatives perspective it was more of like, this is just what you need to do in order to be a productive member of society and to be self-sufficient. Like that was a very key term growing up for me. Um, And so as I got into understanding what intuition was and what it meant to me, um, the more I started to see that that was coming from a certain place of unconscious fear, Uh, fears about, you know, ideas of scarcity, lack of having things, Um, and stemming from real, you know, actual experiences of like not having enough or feeling like you didn't have enough, but still the, um, overarching theme is, is that it's coming from a place of fear. Like you're fearful of not being able to do X, Y, and Z. So I would totally agree with that. And then when you spoke about the idea of strengthening, that was something that was new to me when I first started my journey and trying to, uh, learn more about these topics and these ideas and doing a self-practice for myself, the idea that you have to facilitate a practice of honing your intuition because it's been so suppressed that the concept of strengthening your own intuition is such a a big part of this whole journey. And I agree with you that I'm still on it. It's one of the reasons why I started my podcast was just to you know, let people understand and know that it's an ongoing journey. It's like a life journey, but there is an importance for people to speak on where they are in that respective journey and that it's not just about reading a book with somebody who's done it all and has it all and you want to emulate and be them, but understanding that this is like a lifelong practice. So I think we're spot on with that, which is perfect. So how would you say strengthening your intuitive connection has helped you? Like, how would you say that that has affected you in a positive way? So. I believe it's given me more trust in myself. That's really where I started with it all. I was trying to understand why I needed other people to tell me things or tell me what to do all the time and Mm -hmm. feeling that. And that brought me to the question of why don't I trust myself? And then that's when I started really working on, oh, okay, well, if I want to trust myself and hear my own voice and what is that voice and that's where I started really working with intuition and really being on this path has really just helped me build trust in myself and to learn to follow what I want to do instead of what other people have been telling me to do what I think is safe but also helping me stay safe too it's a different type of safety it's a more of a holding on to my own personal power instead of giving it to other people or mm-hmm. um, working with people or doing things that other people think is right because they speak about it so confidently, but that doesn't feel right to me. And so it's interesting because I do 
think that I still have a fear of following my intuition, but I'm also noticing the more that I do follow it, the safer I actually feel in my own body and in myself and the less I feel like I need other people to protect me. Yeah. And it's extremely hard, actually. You know, it's like, I would say my experience has been the same. And I think a lot of people who have been on this journey or on this journey will say the same. It's not easy. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to start listening to my intuition from now on. So I have a roadmap. Yeah, I still struggle myself with being like, you know, you hear that voice in your head and you're like, "Mm, I don't know if this is such a great idea. Or sometimes it's even, I know this is not going to work out well, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) And then you're kind of just like, yeah, I knew that. And it's a lesson. It's like, I think it's a way of continuing to strengthen that connection because you kind of unfortunately learn from the harder lessons in life. And so through trial and error, you kind of put more confidence and stock into listening to your truer voice and understanding what that is. So I would totally agree. So we kind of linked up in terms of our respective self-exploration journeys because we both had an interest in tarot. So tell me a little bit about your tarot experience. Was this something that helped you go on to this journey of discovering your intuition or did you feel like you're already on that path and then tarot kind of facilitated that to go a little bit further? So it was really the first tool that I used when I was on this path. I, I mean, I go to therapy regularly and that was where I really started asking myself these questions of, Oh, what does it mean to trust yourself? And mm-hmm. what is my voice and other people's voices? So I wanted to continue doing the work for myself outside of therapy. And I had always associated tarot with intuition or just people that seem to know what's going on. <laughs> and mm. so, um, like, I received tarot readings, not seriously, but kind of like whenever they were offered. Was like oh like try this out and although there was some sense of stigma from my upbringing about it I also do have guess, an affinity for taboo or things that are seen as different compared to like societal norms so mm. that's where I was like okay well I've always been told that this is like not a good thing but it seems really interesting. It can't really be that bad, right? It's their cards. For me, it really helped me separate what I think I should be doing from what I actually want to do mm-hmm. by taking the perspective out of my head and into something that I can work with. I totally agree. Yeah. And just learning about the different stories, looking at the pictures, really diving deeper into like the I mean I love the major arcana as like the idea of a spiral this idea of like oh every experience is captured in these cards and you see the dark experiences the difficult ones but you also see really life-affirming celebratory experiences too and that's just part of it um I have yeah absolutely sort of uh mindset before I really started doing this work of oh, if something bad was happening, if I was suffering or struggling, then I was doing something wrong. And that if I listened to other people, they would keep me out of difficult situations. And Mm. really just realizing that this is what life is, that this is just the journey of life. You go through these things and it's not based on like 
you did something wrong or you didn't listen to someone. It's just being a human being. Yeah. I mean, for me, interestingly enough, I was not as in tuned with my intuition as a teenager. I had been kind of attracted to tarot from probably around the time I was 15. I remember getting like my first deck of cards at like a Barnes and Nobles or something. (laughs) And um, I definitely had an affinity to learning more about occult things, but not in the same way as like people are telling me it's bad, then I should, um, you know, like I'm interested in it more. It was just something that was weird. It was just something that I was like, this is an interesting concept to me and I want to learn more. And I remember at the time I was just already consumed by what other people were going to say or what they would say or how it would be viewed. And around the time it was, you know, in the nineties. So there was this whole paradigm over anything that's different is bad. And like every, I and mean, not, it's not just the nineties, but in that particular time, it was like anything that had to do with a cult or anything that had to do with like rock music or anything like that was like, blasphemy you know and so if you were a part of that then you were part of something that was actively trying to promote something quote-unquote evil and so I remember not really being strong enough to be like I'm interested in this like let me learn about it and explore it and so I had had this kind of perspective in my brain that it was supposed to be something about like telling your future or fortune telling or something like that and I remember being really interested in the cards and really loving the artwork, all the iconography and things, just as you've mentioned, but not really getting a full depth understanding of it. And it wasn't until more recently, like, you know, within the past seven years, as I started reconnecting with it and getting all of these other perspectives, I think the first um, eye opener for me was listening to a podcast with Lindsay Mack, who we'll talk about as our teacher. And she was interviewing Rishinda Trumbull from Stay Woke Tarot, who's a tarot reader from Sweden. And I'm not Sweden, Switzerland. And um, she's actually an African-American woman who grew up in the States and then relocated abroad. And her take with Lindsay on looking at the tarot as an intuitive tool, but also something that was really more about the sold growth in a cyclical fashion was something that really awakened me to, oh, like this is kind of the reason why I'm being called to it is to use it in a a particular way. And then once um, I started viewing tarot in that way, it just opened up a whole nother world. And really, I would agree with you, it's like the first time, not the first time, but it really helped me to strengthen that connection and really understanding that it's something that you had to work at So I think you and I both participated in Lindsay Mack's course, um, Terror for the Wild Soul. And I thought it was just really, really well put together. How did you feel about her course? Because I thought it was, I thought it was great. I loved it. I mean, I'm actually taking it again um, because she's revamped it and added more content and gone a little bit more in depth. And I've noticed in her podcast that her teaching has evolved too. So I've just taking it again to see where she is now um but yeah I mean it was a great experience I never I that was my first time ever taking any sort of online course for my own personal learning Mm -hmm. and being able to connect with people online was really new for me because I've been I spend most of my time in medicine in a very like sort of 
evidence-based, like, opposite of intuitive thinking for the most part. <laughs> like, okay, we're thinking rationally, we're thinking about steps, we're like, okay, what is the next thing to do? And I've been longing for to find people that were interested in spirituality, interested in their lives and their emotions. And so to be able to be in that space with everyone that was really thinking about the same things that I've been thinking about but hadn't been able to talk to anyone about was awesome. And what I really like about her teaching, she speaks from her own experience, but also tries to keep it as broad as possible. So she's always trying to find like the most common denominator of her experience, but it is coming from a grounded place. And I've read other books, I've used other teachings sometimes, and it's really hard for me to connect with it because of this emphasis of reflecting on my own lived experience and really making new meaning for the cards of myself is just my process now that it's hard mm -hmm. to see the cards in a different perspective or with traditional meanings. Yeah, I totally agree. I think her context of applying it from her personal relationships, uh, like experiences, but also keeping it at a broad view of empowering people to pull their own narratives from it and apply their own experiences to what they're seeing in the cards and what they're feeling, I think is what was so profoundly effective about her teaching style. I've read other tarot books. I've taken like little study courses here and there, but it was all very um, one dimensional is what I would say probably. And it was like very factual of like, this means this and that means that, and this is showing you this and blah, blah, blah. I think her way of teaching and her way of putting things in context as being a project manager is something that I'm always telling people to look at the high level view and the larger context and container, and then starting to build pieces to get to that final result. It was the first time I had seen this type of information applied in that view. And it literally made a complete difference in how the information was processed. And for me, it helped me put my intuition at the forefront in other areas of my life and other things that I was working on, just not just related to like, oh, how am I feeling today? But I could then apply that to other parts and aspects of my life that were developing. I know, as you mentioned, you, you know, being in med school, I mean, you are in physical training, learning things day in and day out. How would you say this kind of practice helped you in your schoolwork? Because I think people miss sometimes how you can take this one practice, but then apply it to other aspects of your life and how it kind of flows over. I definitely think it influenced my approach to how I want to be in medicine, um, along with a few other experiences. Um, so I worked as a doula and did a doula training. And I really found in that that I loved the emotional aspect of providing care for people and I found that same feeling in the course of how I was connecting with people of how whenever I'm doing readings with people or even doing readings myself it's really to understand what the underlying emotions are understanding my reactions to cards and to think the meaning is and allowing it to evolve the course and even my tarot practice really helped me solidify this sense of really being interested in understanding people's emotional world mm. and helped me when I was doing my different rotations decide that I wanted to pursue psychiatry um, rather than something that was more um, technical because I do also like using my hands and so I did consider things like 
um, gynecology, surgery, but still kept coming back to this place of like, I really love being able to connect with people and, and have people be emotionally vulnerable and to hold space mm-hmm. for that. And so that's really the first aspect of how tarot has influenced my medical career. I also think that it's helped me a lot with managing anxiety. And so when I'm in stressful situations, um, even when I'm just journaling about things that have been happening, like at my journals recently, when I was doing my like surgery rotation, which was like 12 hour days, and I would be frustrated about like how someone talked to me or like I didn't get a question right or whatever. And I would pull a card to kind of help give me more perspective. And so it really helps me take that big picture view that you're talking about um, with Mm -hmm. my like day-to-day experiences and also helps me, I guess, recontextualize those small experiences as just one piece of my life and not my whole life. And so it's been a really important grounding tool for staying out of the mind games of like wanting to perform, wanting to compete, always putting a lot of pressure on myself and just noticing and like being the cycle of life. Oh my God. I love that. I mean, it's, it's, it speaks so much to how I also have used the tarot and that was the kind of my journey and how I'm always trying to get other people to view it um, as a tool for honing or strengthening your intuitive practice. Because the idea of taking something you've written and then um, using it with the tarot to kind of see what that underlying sentiment is or where that root cause is, I think is really when the tarot is being applied in its best form. Um, because I've also had, you know, friends and and people ask me for readings and they're like, uh, I want to know this specific thing, or if this person is going to do X, Y, and Z, or if I'm going to get this job or blah, blah, blah. And my first response is always like, the cards are going to tell me what you need to know most and what's most important. But outside of that also is that you need to understand what the larger story is that's going on. And usually when we can understand what the big picture is, then we can realize how small that one moment of like not getting something right or this not happening the way you're expecting it to be, um, how it lines up in the larger view of things. And it really does help pull people out from this single-minded, you know, focused, anxious view of, the what's right in front of them as opposed to standing back and appreciating the full picture. So that leads me into if you were talking to somebody who's never touched the tarot and um, is interested in it, how would you kind of recommend for them to just start getting into it? I like pulling a card a day. I would say that really my favorite way of which we just discussed is in journaling. And I find it to be the most formative process for me. Like it pulling it for support. When I pull a card a day, Mm -hmm. I'm really doing that to just become familiar with the images and really to start to understand the cards. And I don't necessarily pull a card to predict what will happen for my day or to show, show me themes for the day. It's more just to get in the habit of, okay, I come to the deck just as a daily ritual. And so I would recommend that and I mean, even with that, I, I really value learning slowly over time rather than memorizing and trying to learn a lot at once. And so when I first started, I would pull a card and I would look it up and I would look use different resources. 
And I found that to be helpful just to see like what are other people saying about it. Um, and as my practice has evolved, I don't really look it up as much. I just interpret it for what's happening in the moment. I think pulling a card a day is my number one way of starting to work with it and just feeling comfortable the deck in your hands. You learn how to shuffle. How do you like shuffling? How do you like pulling? Because there's so many different ways to do it. And then even do you want to look at reversals or not? It's really empowering to know that there's no right or wrong way to do it. And Mm -hmm. really the act of creating your own practice and making those decisions, I think, comes back to this idea of building trust in yourself and allowing yourself to create your own process and like create your own thing that is yours. And so, absolutely, um, yeah, that's probably what I would start with. Yeah. And so I know most people would say like, what are your favorite cards? But I thought it would be a little bit more interesting to say what's one card or two that you felt have taught you the most in terms of the tarot. I like this question. I'm trying to. Right. It's like a little spin on it. I'll go first. I mean, for me, definitely it was the three of swords. Anytime that card would come up um, visually, if you're looking at what most people usually learn on is the Rider weight deck. So it's the heart with three swords piercing the heart. And um, I always remember feeling a physical reaction to seeing that card being pulled. And so I knew it meant that I needed to explore it more. And so for me, that card's definitely taught me the most in terms of everything we've been talking about, this idea of fear, this idea of being wounded, um, your heart being pierced in that physical sense, anything that comes up around rejection, receiving, any of those things. So that card has taught me the most in terms of going beyond that first level and understanding that brain chemistry of having a reaction and being afraid of something and then having the courage to delve further and explore it more. Um, So the three of swords has now become one of my like frenemies. It's like my favorite hated friend (laughs) because I know it's going to teach me something. And then second to that, I would say the empress because she is so uh, connected to the art and the aspect of receiving, which is not something that I am comfortable with and I've understood that I'm I'm very happy to give of myself but not necessarily keeping that balance of receiving or you know taking back what's necessary in order for me to be able to give fully so those are two cards for me yeah I mean what immediately comes to mind like my frenemy card I like that seven of cups I I feel so frustrated whenever I pull the card because I it's funny because I have a lot of interests and I'd like to do a lot of things, but the message I've been getting recently is that it's to slow down and to really take my time with things because I love juggling a lot, but then I exhaust myself in that process and I'm really trying to learn how to become methodical and also to like hold space for everything and to be able to process it deeply so when I see seven of cups it signals to me that either I'm doing too much or there's something that I need that I'm sort of like juggling a lot of things but I'm not really sitting with what I'm feeling or that I'm doing something to avoid feelings 
And so that's why I, I mean, it's frustrating, but I learn a lot when that card comes up, but it's also like just really frustrating when I see it because sometimes I'll be like, oh, everything's going well, it's great. Um, and then I'll pull it and then I'm like, okay, like I probably need to like put something down or do just relax a bit or give myself some rest, but I don't want to. And so really that struggle is like a thing that I, but I'm just like yeah I need to take a break and that's another thing of like oh when my conscious mind is like and my ego mind is like doing the like oh I'm like in the mix and I'm doing a lot but it's actually a guard to protect myself from whatever is happening underneath and like disconnect from my emotions then that's what I'm like okay I'm able to notice the difference between my day-to-day mind and then my actual intuitive voice but also say another card is which is one that is oh, for sure. <laughs> so difficult and and the part of the devil that really resonates with me is the aspect that the chains that are around the two people that are at the feet of the devil are loose and not actually around them and that helps me mm-hmm. a lot in terms of when I feel stuck or I feel like I'm back to like oh I need to do this thing that this person wants me to do or I feel obligated um because of some sort yeah, of the obligation yeah is key. the obligation part like oh I feel like I have to do this thing and I feel like mm-hmm. this person wants me to do this for them and but I don't actually <laughs> want to do it whenever I see that right. part it reminds me of like I don't actually have to do the thing <laughs> that I can right. make my own right. choices that I can that even though I feel like this obligation is like very heavy that I can choose to walk away from it at any point and so that's really like the main lesson I get from it whenever it comes happy to see it but it is very powerful it is very medicinal Mm -hmm. right that's something that we we talk about all the time when you start doing these kind of practices it's like um it's not easy going down but it is something that you definitely need to explore And for those of us who are new to the tarot and have no idea what these cards are, the Seven of Cups in what would be traditionally the Rider Waite is going to be a figure or human person. It could be you or somebody else that is looking up at the sky and there are these seven cups and each of the cups have different things in them. And it's kind of like this almost like a variety show where it's like you're not quite sure what you're going to get. And um, so people's interpretation of this vary and it can be different but it usually is around the themes exactly as Shay was saying where it's either you have too much things going on you're not really sure which hat you're going to pull from and what you're going to get you could be kind of um, deluding yourself or having something that's clouding your vision so a lot of these themes come up with the seven of cups and it's one of those difficult cards because it's up to you to interpret like it's not something that's like oh this means this (laughs) so you have to then further delve back into okay, what is it trying, what am I trying to say to myself or what am I trying to let through and hear in that connective voice? And that can be very difficult. And then same with the devil. I mean, the devil, having that iconography of the devil on the card, I think first and foremost triggers a lot of people in their understanding or whatever their upbringing was around the actual concept of the devil. And then again, as you've mentioned, having to go further and look at the 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 images that you're seeing and understanding that these two 
people in the card are not actually tightly bound by this individual. Um, but that there is this concept of like, what is attachment and what is obligation for you and how is it holding you back or holding you hostage? Um, and then also understanding, you know, from, for me as a person who studies astrology from the astrological perspective of the Capricorn being the ruler of that card, what are the systems in place that are binding you or that need to be reconstructed? Or do you need to put systems in place so that you do not feel obligatory attachment that's not necessarily good for you? So there's just so many layers to it when you start to um, really delve and dive deep into trying to understand the tarot to use it for your own self-practice, but it is overwhelmingly profound in terms of what you can discover. So I think those are great. I mean, I think we picked really good cards. I'm just yeah. going to say that. <laughs> like it wasn't cookie cutter at all. So that was great. All right. And so I guess from there, we both have agreed in our recent conversations that we've kind of used the tarot and we still do as useful tools, but we've kind of moved on in terms of what other modalities we are using for our self-exploration. And I know that you have just launched a new offering that is around breathwork and meditation. So did that stem from kind of you would feel your practice in tarot or tell me a little bit about what led you down that path and how you're finding it? So I think, I mean, tarot was definitely my first entry point into this sort of new or modern spirituality. I just jumped into the rabbit hole and I tried all sorts of practices. I worked with Reiki for a little bit, and I also was really just interested in this concept of energy, which is not necessarily reflected in tarot, but is definitely an aspect that you can read with it through. And mm -hmm. um, I started doing readings with people, tarot readings, and I realized that I didn't really like the dynamic that I had when I was doing mm -hmm. readings with people. What I've been learning a lot in my own personal journey is to find the answers within myself and to come back to myself and to really to stop looking outside to other people to tell me what's going on. And I felt that I was sort of in this position of when I was doing readings that people would want me to tell them what is going on, which I didn't want right. to reinforce. And exactly. I did play with it a lot, the idea or the resistance around it, because I was like, oh, do I not want to step into my power of being able to tell people what I think is going on? But I just also think that there's so much more that you can learn by doing your own work and by creating a meaning for yourself rather than someone telling you what they think the meaning is like that's helpful right. it's definitely nice for another perspective but I really wanted to focus on practices for myself that really give me the power back and allow me to reach my own insights and my own personal tarot practice does do that for me but in terms of wanting to work with others I really love how breathwork is the place where you are doing your own work and you were coming to your own insights and really connecting with your body and your spirit and I think that for me breathwork really is something that feels innate to how my brain works how my body works how I like feel and experience things and helps me 
really come to the insights. I I spend a lot of time in mind mode, like thinking, processing, and it's hard for me to turn my mind off to really connect with my intuition or just even to notice what's going on. And so when I started Mm -hmm. doing breath work, just really feeling insights that I had spent so much time trying to find answers and therapy about, and it just came together. Um, Really like noticing my body more, which is an aspect of myself that I often neglect. And I think is easy to neglect when you spend a lot of time in your mind. And so it is just a practice that is really deeply meaningful for me in my own personal work. And I wanted to share something or share a practice with people that helps them come up with their own insights rather than me telling them what I think is going on. Makes total sense. Total sense. So tell me a little bit about your breathwork practice. I know you have, you're fully trained as a facilitator and you are offering one-on-one, but also group virtual practices for the meantime. So tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about that offering and how we can find you. Yeah. So I'm mainly doing group breathwork because I like the energy of um, different voices and um, perspectives being in a space. And so the way that works is we're doing it virtually because of everything going on um, right now. Yeah, our ongoing reality. <laughs> so, um, and I also like virtual because it allows people to fit things into their schedules and also yeah. you can connect with people around the world. And so it's about two hours where we will sit in circle in our own respective homes and share what we're coming to the circle with, like what is on our hearts, what we're working through. Um, and normally it'll be around a specific theme. And when we do that, we are creating the container for this the breathing work. So then we transition into about 20 to 30 minutes of active which is a breath practice where you breathe in through your mouth, into your abdomen, into your chest, and then you exhale throughout your mouth. And you do that breath consistently for about 20, 30 minutes, like I said, and really notice the sensations that are moving through your body, noticing resistance in your mind to the practice, noticing um, emotions that may be moving through that may have been underneath the surface in your day-to-day life. And then there's about 10 minutes or so of relaxed breathing. So integration of allowing all the insights that may have come together or the emotions that have been released, really feeling the energy moving through your body. And then we discuss and talk and share, which is my favorite part of learning what other people have been experiencing and working through and you can find me at www.solarflux so s-o-l-a-r-f-l-u-x dot me and you can also find me on instagram at solar underscore flux shane and i did a session this past wednesday morning um it was probably i'm not new to breath work but there's definitely different styles of breath work and what i think is so important to note is that a lot of people might come to it thinking that it's more of a relaxing kind of practice like I remember my first delve into it was like completely in the dark not knowing what to expect and it is a very active participatory practice 
And um, it's a it's a lot to do. Like it's not something that you're just like, oh, I'm you know having a meditation that's listening to nice music and but your experience is amazing. I mean, I remember taking my first breathwork class and being completely blown away by the idea that just in connecting with your breath in this way, I mean, I have done practices like Kundalini, which I do on and off now and again, and even just in meditation, understanding the importance of connecting to your breath. But this was like a totally different ball game. And it really helped you at a certain point in the breathing, right? To get past that resistance and really open up because you're almost like so exhausted that you have no other choice. And so you kind of free yourself from the containment of having to be worried about what's happening around you. So it's a really amazing experience. And I had a great experience with you on Wednesday. So I'm so excited for you to be doing this offering and for other people to find you and share in the experience as well. Thank you so Um, much. So yeah, so thank you. This was a really great conversation. Our conversations are always great. So um, thanks once again for being one of my first guests and we'll definitely be in touch soon. So um, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Thanks, Jay, again for taking the time to sit with me and have a little conversation about our love of tarot. I hope from the interview you gather that you can really approach the tarot in a variety of ways. And the way in which Shay and I both approached it was more in a way of a tool and a modality to help strengthen our inner connections. And that's really what we want for others. It's a way of strengthening your intuitive connections in the sense that if you're a person who is not really great at sitting and meditating or you are journaling but you want to take something a little bit further... Tarot can be a really great way of taking what's inside of your head or in your uh, subconscious thoughts and bringing them to the surface in the view of these cards. And you can use them as internal cues as to what you need to focus on, what's happening with you presently, and then translating that into action of what steps you can take next. And then outside of that, on a larger degree, as I'm always saying, is to take things from this idea of a cyclical or cycle view, where you're a thousand feet up when you get this picture from the tarot or tarot read that you have, where typically the messages are going to be focused on what are the overarching themes that you need to focus on. We don't necessarily use the tarot in either of our practices to answer specific questions, but more to get and gather the information that is needed to make the choices we need to make next. We are always about self-agency and self-awareness, doing the work yourselves, not putting it on somebody else or something else to do the work for you. So we don't use the tarot as a tool to predict the future or to make your decision based on or to tell you what decision to make. Each of us, even for ourselves and in readings that we do for others, really are encouraging this idea of you are the one in control of your journey and your fate. These are just the themes that can help put into context what you might be focusing on in a minute way instead of stepping back and taking a look at the larger picture so that you can gather all the evidence and see that it's one little moment in time and that there's only 24 hours in the day. The next day will come. And if you take it one day at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, you will get to the next point. I really want to encourage more conversations like this because as I 
stated in the reasons why I started this podcast back in the first season is that I want to give folks and myself as much connection to people who are in the process of doing this work. We have so many examples now of people who are the quote unquote success stories and their systems and beliefs on how you get there and their advice on how to do so. And they're great as a picture of success, but success looks different for each person. And also, I think we all need that kind of support along the way. And I think the actual knowledge is not when you reach the end of the journey, but is the journey itself. And so if each of us can find any type of helpful hints in everybody else's respective journey that's in progress, I think we're going to be more emboldened and more supported. We're going to feel more motivated to continue on our unique paths and individual journeys in order to get to our own success stories in the end. So once again, if you enjoyed this and you found this helpful, head on over to iTunes and just give us a five-star review. It just helps people to find the podcast. And additionally, if you want to find me and connect to work with me, you can head on over to my website, thehighvibealchemist.com. You can also find me on Instagram at thehighvibealchemist, on Twitter at thehighvibealk. And I'm always happy to receive emails for folks who want to connect. Email me at highvibealchemist at gmail.com. So I hope you have a great week and I look forward to sharing some more journeys with you again soon. Bye for now.